This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season five. Yes, season five. Can you believe we've been on this journey for two and a half years now? It has been so awesome and so rewarding for me personally to just hear your amazing stories and feedback and how you've been applying the concepts of mindset and leadership to drive your own life story. And and that in and of itself um, has just been so worth it. And the the different types of people that we've been able to learn from together on this journey is awesome. And in season five, right, we're in, we're talking about a mindset for execution. Because here at the Selking Performance Group, we are all about helping individuals, teams, and organizations from the locker room to the boardroom, so from the sports space to the business space, understand and leverage the power of mindset and leadership to unleash performance excellence in whatever domain you're in, right? So we say locker room to the boardroom because those are the two worlds that I get to live in in the sports space as the mental performance coach for Notre Dame football and then in the business space as the director of people performance for Lippert Components. And those are two my my areas of passion and love, but the reality of it is this is about being the best version of yourself, right? Wherever you show up every day, whether that's on a playing field, in a classroom, in a home, um, in a studio, in your community, wherever that is, we want to help equip you with the knowledge, skills, and abilities, and tools, and strategies to manage your mind and emotions in ways that help position you for success, right? Because I think great leadership is founded on a great mindset. And, and we want to help build that within ourselves, uh, myself and my team that I get to work with, and also the amazing people from around the world, yes, around the world, that are listening to this podcast together and on this journey together. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. For those of you that have been with us from season one, it's awesome. Um, I know I know some of you because we we exchange emails and conversations and around how you're learning and growing and applying this and, and I just want to say thanks and to those of you who have considered and who have been sponsors for this podcast I also want to say thank you to you and for those of you who might be interested in becoming sponsors and joining us again on this journey to provide great free content to people around the world who are looking to take strides in their own development so that they can have a positive impact and their teams and their families and their organizations organizations, let me know if you want to join us in that sponsorship journey. Again, um, just shoot me an email directly, amber at selkingperformance.com, and we can talk about that. We'd love to have you with us um, if we think we could, if you think that we could be helpful in sharing your message and your organization to um, a band of over almost 75,000 listeners from around the world. Um, we'd love to share that. So, 
Today, we get to have with us one of my dear friends, Lisa Kelly. Lisa um, and I met several years ago and have just over the years developed a really great friendship around our passion for Notre Dame, but even more so our passion for influence and in this world, but also personal growth, right? And so I'm going to share a a brief bio with you on Lisa because she has such a great background and then we're going to dive into some fun stuff. Um, She doesn't know I'm going to ask her some of these personal questions, but she has such a cool story that, that I want to throw that out to you. So Lisa Kelly's a multidimensional marketing professional. Uh, she has over two decades of marketing experience and earned a Bachelor of Business Administration and Marketing from the University of Notre Dame. She's an e-content specialist in the e-commerce department at Nestle Purina Pet Care by day. And then by night, she is an author. And so she is in the final stages of completing her third book. Listen, ladies and gents, writing a book is a big deal. Writing three books means you're an absolute stud, right? And her upcoming book is actually called Triumphs from Notre Dame, The Echoes of Her Loyal Sons and Daughters. And it's a continuation of the Echoes from Notre Dame book series, which includes Echoes from the End Zone, The Men We Became, which is about former Notre Dame football players and their life after sport. And then its sequel, which is The Men We Became, More Echoes from the End Zone. And again, now she's expanding that to athletes from all different sports because she just realized how powerful it is. I mean, we talk a lot on here about the power of story. And so that's where her books are just so encouraging and fascinating. Whether you're a Notre Dame football fan or a Notre Dame fan at all, you know, I would just challenge you to put that aside and really lean into learning through other people's story because we can learn from anybody, whether they're a football player whether they're a kid, you know, or whether there's somebody in our community, we can we can take insights from other people's life and journey and use that as inspiration and drive for ourselves to take that next level. So I really encourage you to check out her work because again, it's all based in real life stories of people who have navigated the highs and lows of life and yet have continued to build their identity and influence in this world. Um, Lisa's also a contributing writer for OneFootDown.com, a host of City360 TV's Blue and Gold Weekly Football Review, and then also a photographer for Shakedown the Thunder Sports. So she's got her hands in a little bit of everything. And all of these, um, the, the the links to her books and her podcast, or she doesn't have a podcast, I'm sorry, a link to um, all of the sites that we just talked about that, that she's a contributing author towards um, will all be in the episode notes. So make sure you check those out. But please for sure check out her books because they're awesome. And a bunch of my homeboys are in there. So it's really fun to learn more about their journeys and hear their story through a different lens. So definitely check that out. And then again, reach out to us here at Selking Performance Group. If, if we can come alongside you or your organization, either through speaking, um, through through coaching, we've got a team of performance coaches that would love to come alongside of you on your journey toward growth. So let us know if we can help you there. Again, just hit me an email directly, amber at selkingperformance.com. Um, but without further ado, I want to bring our guest on. So stay tuned. All right. So Lisa Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today. I am so excited to dive in to all of the different realms of your life and and really just talk about mindset for execution because you have quite the story of, of traveling from Notre Dame and being working in the professional world, but having this own sense of calling for being an author and, and telling people stories. And and then just a fun personal story we're gonna dive into at the end. But before we go too much farther, tell us about you know leaving Notre Dame and the mindset that you feel, feel like um, was built within you 
there and how it's impacted your life trajectory to date? Absolutely. I think um, leaving Notre Dame, it's kind of a twofold mindset that I had when I left. Um, when I started at Notre Dame, I was an aerospace engineer, which is obviously not where I ended up. I ended up with a business degree with a concentration in marketing. Um, but I had never failed before I got to Notre Dame, and I failed pretty hard. You know, I failed physics freshman year, and if you're not doing well in physics, you're probably not going to be a good engineer. So I learned how to face adversity and kind of how to dust yourself off and stand back up again and keep moving forward. And I think those were really good lessons for me in college. And I think I don't have a fear of failure because I know how to fail and how to start over. I think that was the first really important lesson from Notre Dame. And the second one is a love of learning. I think if you love to learn, you will constantly be reinventing yourself. And I definitely think I've done that in my career. I started out in advertising. I spent some time in copywriting. I did HTML programming, I did marketing research, um, and now at Purina, I've done social media and I'm in e-commerce. So I've definitely continued to learn and build my toolbox and let the journey take me wherever it wants. Wow, I, I love that. Two so important things, right? I feel like in today's society, people are just, like you said, so afraid to fail. And when we do that, we miss out on so many incredible opportunities, both in relationships, you know, that, that we can have with people. I mean, shoot, our friendship evolved out of one of our mutual friends, Lynn. Shout out, Lynn Gilbert. We love you. Um, you, you know, connecting and united through that because we're all willing to, to meet people, right? And then also just professionally where that can lead. And I love that idea of, you're not afraid to fail. So guess what? You will continually learn because that starts to fuel who you are and, and who you become. What is something, you know, we, we're talking about a mindset for execution in this episode, in this season, right? So in your role at Purina, talk to us about what mindset or mindsets do you have that you think help you execute at a, at a high level on a consistent basis? I think in my role, because I have so many balls in the air that I'm juggling, that you have to be very detail-oriented in order to execute at a high level. So I'm very, I'm constantly, I've got Excel spreadsheets, I've got everything organized, I've got tons of notes, you know, and reminders and calendar updates because I have so much going on. I don't want anything to fall through the cracks. And so I think again, I learned that in college was being detail oriented and having a planner and all the things I watch my kids, you know, doing in high school and college. I think that sets you up for success in life because if you're not detail oriented, you know, you're not going to survive. The devil is definitely in the detail. <laughs> and, you know, and that's important, right? For all of our listeners out there, listen, we all have a lot of balls in the air. And, and if we really want to be effective in multiple areas of our lives, right? I mean, you just heard Lisa, she, she's got a family. Um, she works a job that, that it, she, she has to show up every day to deliver greatness. And then, right, you have this deep passion 
for for writing. You've, you're author of three books for Pete's sake, and you know you you and your husband run a zoo. Like this is my this was my fun fact. I can't even wait till the end of the interview to get there, ladies and gentlemen. Lisa Kelly and her husband have a zoo. We'll get there in a minute. I digress. Okay, but all of these balls in the air, right? You you have to be able to organize, or else that becomes overwhelming. Lisa, what are some strategies that you found? to manage all of those different areas of your life and and get to enjoy them you know what i love about you is like whenever i get to see you, you have such a peaceful and present aura about you and presence and how do you do that teach us teach us your ways i know everyone asks me with all of the things i'm doing right now do, do you sleep you know i i do sleep i don't sleep a whole lot but I really enjoy everything that I do, and I think that's important. You know, if you can find your passion, whether it's in your work or your hobby, you know, that helps you stay energized. And, you know, you get up, you want to go to work in the morning because I enjoy the people I work with and I enjoy what we're doing. So, you know, I think finding your passion and integrating it into your life is very important. That's that's awesome because listen, you know, there's I think it's sort of a falsity when we talk about work life balance. I mean, is that really a thing? I think society has made us feel like if your life is not perfectly balanced, right, then you're not living the best version of yourself. And I just think for high performers in any domain, that's a that can get a that's a very touchy subject and can sometimes make us feel like we're not doing it well. Um, but what you said there is that integration, right? This work-life integration where when you're really passionate about what you do, it, it can integrate into all areas of your life. And, and it feels balanced at the macro level, even though at the micro level, it might not always be that way. Would you agree with that or what's your thoughts? Oh, I would. I think also there are seasons in your life. So there are seasons that you're going to be so busy, right, that you're running full speed ahead. And then there will be seasons where things kind of slow down. You know, for me, I'm still super busy, but both of my kids are in college right now. So that has freed up a little time for me to focus a little more on my writing and some of the things that I do outside of work. You know, when I had kids at home and work was crazy, it was hard to fit the writing in. But now I feel a little more relaxed and have a little more time to get into the writing and, you know, goof off on a Saturday and go watch golf. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's a really good point. You know, life is a series of seasons, and this too will pass, whatever that season is for you, right? I, I was talking to Aaron the other night, and, you know, I'm in one of those seasons of work too, which is sort of crazy and hectic, and, and he goes, hey, do you remember those times when you used to say, man, I wish I was busier? I go, yeah, I thought that for a while, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be busy someday, so for right now, I'm going to enjoy where I'm just writing my dissertation, right? Um, that's a lot of work, but it's not this fast-paced and craziness, and so I love that you bring that up, and I just want to encourage our listeners to think about that you know life is a series of seasons and you don't get them for very long and so even though 18 years with your kids might seem like a long time you know that that you really embrace those and lean into it what have you learned about that over your life Lisa like leaning into those seasons well I think the other thing too with the kids you know I focused a lot, very heavy on the kids as they were little and then when they got into the 12, 13, 14 age was when I really started to dig into the writing and some of my blog and 
other things I was doing. And I think it's really good to be able to show your kids that you can be busy and work hard and still be a good mom, right? And I think it's also good for your kids to see you fail. Like all of those things that you're going through in your life, your kids are watching, right? So working hard and failing and picking yourself up again is great because they may not have had those experiences yet, but they've watched you go through it and face the adversity and come out on the other side. And so my when my son went to college, he had a pretty rough freshman year, but he knew that he could pick himself up again and pick a new path and he's done great. You know, he's got one semester left and uh, you know, at the beginning I wasn't sure he was going to make it, but hey, it's all good. He made it. <laughs> That's so powerful, right? I mean, from a psychological perspective, the number one way humans learn is through the modeling effect, right? And I, I feel like parents do their kids a disservice when they don't let them see them, um, I don't want to say argue, right, but work through tough conversations in a healthy way or fail and come back, right, or, yeah. or work hard. I mean, all of those things, that's how humans learn. And if we just try to protect our kids from any bad stuff, right, and, and challenge and struggle, well, shoot, when they're out on their own, how, how are we expect them to handle that well? I, that, that's so awesome for you to share that perspective and the courage that it takes to be a trans like a real parent <laughs> yeah right because we're all flawed right I know I'm not perfect I'm not a perfect parent I'm not a perfect employee but you know I'm just learning as I go and I read a lot I read a lot about self-improvement and I know that you know people kind of some people don't like the self-help books but I'm always looking for ways to you know, be more efficient, be more positive, just to be better in life, right? Because again, if you're going to keep learning, you're going to keep growing and you keep moving forward. And once you stop learning, you're, you're dead, right? You're not moving anymore. Yeah. And you know, what's so awesome is we just talked with Joe Theismann last week, right? And that was like, literally the title of his episode was like, keep growing in life. And that true champions in any domain have that perspective and that mindset, right? That mindset of just hunger for growth and development and getting better. And that, and yet that doesn't mean you, you can't be satisfied. I mean, that, that doesn't mean you can't be content with your life and where you are, but just that humility, right? To keep learning and keep growing and evolving into the best version of yourself. I think that's, that's a really critical thing for us to learn and understand about how to become great, right? Whatever that means in our worlds. Exactly. Lisa, let, let's talk a little bit about the books, right? First of all, share with us what was the heart and intent behind the books, and then talk to us about the mindset that it takes to write a book, let alone multiple books. So it's funny, I was never the little girl who thought when I grow up someday I'm going to write a book. That wasn't me at all. Um, I lost my job in 2009. And when I lost my job, I had about eight weeks um, until I found another job, which was really short and during that economy. So I was very blessed. Um, but during my eight weeks off, I decided to kind of build my toolbox. I started a blog. I got into social media. So I kind of wanted to expand in the marketing world what my tools were. And so that little blog 
um, ended up two year two years later. I got invited to participate in the con in a contest for the biggest fan of the Big East Conference, and so it started in the fall of 2011. They picked 16 writers who represented each school in the Big East Conference, and every two weeks we had a writing assignment. We got to cover Big East basketball. And somehow, you know, 10 guys and six girls competed, and I won the whole darn thing. So on center court at that Madison awesome. Square Gardens, I got the keys to my brand new Volvo. And during the contest, I became more aware than I previously was on how the media tends to focus on the negative stuff, right? You're always going to hear about the guy who beat his girlfriend or got a DUI or got kicked out of college because he cheated on a final. Like those are the stories that the media tends to focus on in ath athletes, whether it's college athletes or professional. So I wanted to start a series on my blog to kind of focus on all the positive things that my classmates from Notre Dame do after sports. I reached out to Oscar McBride with this idea. He was a tight end uh, and a year younger than me at Notre Dame. And I said, hey, I have this idea. Would you be my guinea pig? So he was the first interview. So we kind of wove a story about how he got to Notre Dame, what his experience was like, and then where his life took him after sports. And, you know, I put that up on my blog. It got about two or 3,000 hits, which was a lot for my tiny little blog. That's awesome. And then the next guy was Rick Meyer. I tell his story. 10,000 hits later, I think, oh, I, I think I found something, you know? So between May of 2012 and January of 2013, I interviewed 32 Notre Dame football players. It went fast and furious, and one guy would introduce me to the next guy, and, you know, the next story was better than the one before. You know, I kept thinking, oh, this is the best story. And then I would get to the next guy. Oh my gosh, this is the best story. And it was so cool to see how diverse their paths were after sports. You know, you didn't have a bunch of coaches, wasn't necessarily what they became. They became, you know, I have a Methodist preacher. I have a guy who owns a vineyard in Napa Valley. I have a guy on an oil rig off the coast of Australia. So they're very diverse in what they did with their education from Notre Dame. And so here I am. I have 32 interviews. I really think I have something that could become a book, but I have no idea how to write a book. I reached out to one of my subjects who happened to, to be an author. His name is Marv Russell. And I said to Marv, okay, I think I have a book, but I don't know what I'm doing. So he became my writing coach. So he kind of took his interview and showed me how to weave it into a story. And after I saw what he had done to his Q&A you know, interview, I did that with all of the guys. And then he kind of went behind me and said, well, this is great, but maybe if you tweaked it a little here, you did it a little here, you know. And so during that process, he kind of showed me how to write a book. And then I think it's really important to have a good editing team because, you know, grammar rules are not my favorite thing in the world. So it's nice to have someone to come behind you to help 
fix all the commas and colons and things that I know I don't have in the right place. Yeah, it's like, man, like get coached up, right? Like what a mindset to have. Okay, I don't need to do this by myself. I've never written a book before. Let me find some people who have. How do I get some coaching? You do we can get coaching around anything. And I think that again, that mindset for execution of why wait to figure it out? Let's get coached up and figure it out faster. That's, I think it's like that's if awesome. I yeah. love that. If you want to run a marathon, right, I, I would have no idea how to get from the two or three miles I can probably run to 25, right? So the best way to do that is to hire a coach. And I think writing was the same way. You know, and you look at this, I have 134,000 words in the book I'm working on right now, right? Seems very daunting. But my dad always used to tell me, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? One so bite you start at a time. <laughs> a little bit, and then eventually you get there. It's not going to happen overnight, but if you keep plugging away at it, you're going to get there. Yeah, I love that. That is, that's awesome. Aaron said that to me the other night, and I was like, I have never heard that before. So now <laughs> twice in, twice in a month. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. What is something um, that you feel like you've learned about yourself through this writing journey? Man, I never imagined that I could write anything that had 134,000 words. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. I, I always enjoyed to write. When I studied business at Notre Dame, I made sure that all of my electives were in English because I knew that whatever I did in life, you need to be able to communicate. So no matter whether, you know, I pursued a marketing career or I did sales or even if you become an engineer, right, you still have to be able to communicate to your client, to your coworkers, to your spouse, to your children. And so I think that really served me well was being able to communicate and kind of know how to tell a story. So I didn't know I had it in me to write a book, let alone three books, but I'm very thankful that I learned to write and communicate as well as I did when I, I was still in college. Yeah, and I think that just to hammer that point home, just the importance of communication, verbal, written, and the, the nonverbal communication that is that really accounts for 60% of how we communicate. And I think that social media has sort of uh, inhibited our kids' ability to learn how to communicate really effectively. And so if you've got kids out there or you're a coach or a teacher, you know, just the opportunities that we have to really um, challenge people to learn to communicate. Like you said, if you're an engineer, you still need to learn to communicate, right? Your ideas, the value of, of what you have and the creation that you make. And so um, that's, that, that's really beautiful. Okay. Let's transition to the zoo because I can't wait. <laughs> Tell me how you came about acquiring, purchasing, owning, running a zoo. You're a zookeeper. What does that mean? I, I'm a zookeeper's wife. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So when I met my <laughs> husband, you know, we've been married almost 24 years. When I met him, he was running a bar and his side job was he and his buddy had this haunted house and the bar kind of ran its course after four years and they decided we're going to make this haunted house thing a full-time gig, which I was like, I don't know how you're going to do that. This is only eight weeks during the fall, but they were able to diversify. They built haunted houses in 38 countries and they built 
Oh my goodness, uh, blacklight miniature golf courses and laser tag and family entertainment centers and and dark rides for amusement parks. They really kind of expanded their initial offering into so many things. And they did that for almost 25 years. So he met this gentleman at a haunted house convention. Yes, there are haunted house conventions. And the guy had a haunted house in Branson, Missouri and he also had a zoo. So we took the kids on a family vacation to Branson and my husband's looking at this zoo and he, he comes home one night and he says, honey, I think I wanna buy the zoo. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> so, you know, he's an entrepreneur at heart. We've done so many different things. He had a fireworks stand for a while. I mean, you name it, we've probably done it. And so he, got the capital together. He sold his favorite 1970 Dodge Challenger to help raise the funds to buy a zoo. I'm like, I know you must be really excited about this if you sell your favorite car, you know? <laughs> and we bought a zoo. We bought the zoo in 2011. And so for almost six years, he traveled back and forth between St. Louis and Branson trying to run this zoo. And then when our youngest went to college last fall, he said, okay, we're going to sell the house and move to Branson. So here we are in the Ozarks. And so it's been quite, it's been quite the adventure, I must say. <laughs> it's awesome. I just love that story so much. And, and again, what stands out to me from a mindset for execution, right? He goes from running a haunted house to 38 countries and all of these different things. I mean, when you have a purpose and a passion, you can drive toward it. And when you set your mind to something and get steadfast in pursuit of that, it manifests and it just doesn't matter what it is in life, right? Whether it's going to college, getting through college, going to the military, writing a book, owning a zoo, right? Like it applies to everything. And I, that, wow. And one other thing is I think with all of the crazy things my husband and I have done, that we've done a pretty good job at raising our kids to know that they can do anything. I mean, if you have a dad who's owned haunted houses and bought a zoo and, and a mom who does marketing and writes books and covers football, right? We're kind of all over the place. So the kids are very confident as, as they head out into the world that not only can they do anything, but they can also change their course as they go through life. And so I, I feel very happy that, you know, we've set our kids up into such a good space. Man, I'm so glad you stopped me to hit that point because that <laughs> is so critical and so powerful because even though you may change course in life, like who's still a part of that course at every stop? You are, right? And what's consistent in your story of being all over the place is that you always pursued your passion and where you felt like was right for you to be in that moment in that season. And that action led you to the next action, right? Which led you to the next thing. And, and that is the true mindset of a champion. And I love that. So on that note, Miss Kelly, can you give us some championship mindset training? What would you say to our listeners that we can all continue building this mindset for execution in our own lives? I think the most important thing, no matter where you are, or what you do is to keep learning. And whether that learning is finding a great podcast to listen to, you know, go to your library and get a good book. I mean, in, in my writing, I feel like 
reading does so much to improve my writing skills and I try to read a diverse amount of things. I'm not just reading one genre. So I think that the more you can learn and grow yourself, the more successful you'll be in any part of your life. I love that. So this week, right, mindset training for the week is choose one thing every day to read or listen to that expands your mind, right, that helps you grow. I think that, you know, if we all commit to that for this next week, what a huge step we'll take just in our own personal growth and mind development. I, I just think that too, you know, when we expand our minds, we expand our ability to have empathy and compassion and understanding in this world. And man, do we need a lot of that right now. So thank you so much for sharing with us, Lisa. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being an incredible role model toward um, pursuing your dreams towards never being afraid to fail towards having the courage to stand in hard places and take steps toward growth even in those hard places it's powerful and it's beautiful and i'm so thankful i get to call you friend oh thank you so much for having me on the show and i am blessed that you are a friend and in my life thank you lisa we'll talk to you soon thanks bye Man, I love that lady. So much joy and passion behind what she does and, and who she gets to be on a daily basis. I just love how she's continued to evolve and grow her life and influence in so many different spaces. Again, whether that was at Notre Dame or um, in business and with her family. I mean, that's it's so fun to see people evolve and grow over the span of their life. And I just love the insights that she shared with us today on Mindset for Execution. So I really hope you got as much out of it as well. Thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. Again, you've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets the podcast. And we would just encourage you to reach out on all of our social media platforms. You can find us on Instagram at Selking Performance, on Facebook at Selking Performance Group, and on Twitter at Champ Mindsets. So reach out, let us know if we can support you in any way. And again, if you're interested in keynote speaking or coaching, uh, shoot me an email directly, amber at selkingperformance.com. Thanks again for being with us. I hope you have an incredible week. Start applying the championship mindset training for your life. And from the locker room to the boardroom, as your host, Dr. Amber Selking, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.